Welcome to Stories of the In-Between, where we find freedom, healing, and transformation through sharing vulnerable stories, sounds, poems, and works of art about living in the in-between. In between paradigms, life phases, portals, labels, and boxes, in order to live into the creatriarchy, equitable sovereignty, love elementality, and radical respect every living being and Mama Gaia herself deserves. I am your host, Adrian Arrow Phillips, therapist, womb wisdom guide, doula, coach, multidisciplinary artist, and writer. Join me for your dose of potent story medicine as we go deep into the multifaceted, multidimensional revolution and power that come from stories of the in-between. Hello everyone, it's Adrian. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hmm. It's April 15th at the recording of this and... Let's just all start with a deep breath. Again, dropping from the head space, the mind space into the heart space. dropping from the heart space into the womb space. And dropping from the heart space to the womb space and connecting it to Mother Earth. Through the yoni portal, through the perineum, through the feet chakras. Inhale. Exhale. One more breath. Thank you for joining me and being present today with me. I have been feeling all the feels. How about you all? <laughs> Yeah, as you know, as you may know, um, there was another fatal incident of policing in my vicinity in Minnesota, in the neighboring um, city to Minneapolis, Brooklyn Park, and another human being Dante Wright was taken from Mama Gaia. His breath was taken from Mama Gaia, and he will no longer see his son again. And I'm feeling all the feels, of course. I'm sad. I'm sad. And, you know, I think that even... Even when I, I I mean, I feel, I I read more than I watch uh, things like the Chauvin trial because the energy is just so thick 
and gray and dark blue <laughs> and and it's of course you know important to just breathe it into my heart space and exhale transformation um and yeah i just send you lots of love today and courage to be alive in this chaotic and catalytic time where the old ways have crumbled and yet they are still desperately trying to hold on. And at the same time, I just bought this um, ivy plant that I now have in my bedroom where I'm recording this and there's these new shoots of life um, through the through the rubble, and you know, it, I think it's our it's our sacred duty or our job or our thing we get to play with to straddle the in between time of walking in the rubble feeling the feeling the heartbreak of that and simultaneously you know bringing my bringing our attention bringing my attention to these new shoots these new plants uh historically i've been a really awesome plant mama or actually no i've been a really awesome human mama and a really awesome uh, animal mama, but historically I've been not a great plant mama. I have been like it's like it's either easy for me to like have house plants die, and I think that's because I don't <laughs> give a lot of attention to them, just like actual attention. And I have been giving this one attention and really noticing that it just like perks up when I like give it just a little bit of love or touch it, touch the leaf and sing it a little song and that kind of thing. And so, you know, I honestly don't have all the answers at all, <laughs> of course. Uh, I really only have my voice and I am grateful to have that because I know that's what I can contribute right now and contribute my poetry, my reflections on the state of the world. And so I'd like to share this poem that I wrote on April 11th. Um, and this one is particularly about, you know, tuning in for a few minutes here and there to the Chauvin trial. And, and now, you know, definitely having Dante Wright and his family on my heart. Yeah, so I'm going to share this poem, and it's called, it's called Death Knows. Actually, this one was on April 6th. We are arguing whether or not a human has 
the right to take away the breath of another human. Even the fact that we have the opportunity to justify this is proof that this system is based on millennia of harm. This system that has been in place is not for life. This system is a system of death. Death to our souls, death to our intuition, death to our humanity. I wish I could say it would be death to our ego, but alas, that is strong, strong, strong. Money paid to lawyers defending millennia-old twisted knots in the psyche of man, in the energy of man, in the masculine psyche, in the femme psyche, in the white femme masculine psyche. It is truth that we must create a new way, an ancient way of of balance, of feminine holding, a peaceful resurrection of seeds of goddess, take the case to the priestess temple instead. She will know how to tend the soul. The body is of no matter, or it is full of matter. This matter is all. This soul in matter is the only way. It matters. Black lives matter. Indigenous lives matter. Asian lives matter. Your evolution and dreams of peaceful ways matter. To defend centuries-old energetic knots makes me sick to my stomach. This is too much. So difficult to check in when all I see is sickness defending sickness. Greed of power over, hate of self and the futility of arguing details, the wherewithal to even try to defend such heinousness. Humanity's soul knows of the guilt, the viral video erupting true solidarity and unrestfulness in us. Because how can we be beholden to the depths where the monstrous system defends itself? in lieu of real deep healing. The way through is not defense of the old. It is creation of the new. The tensions are pulling my heart towards catastrophe. The jury is rigged. Who has the power to throw out jurors and essentially make sure that the twisted falsity of whiteness prevails? It dies. It dies. It dies with me. Can it die with me? How can I let it die more? Why so sticky? Why do you hold on for dear life, whiteness, white supremacy, when you so easily take it? Psyche of whiteness, fairy of psyche death, come to me and my children's streams and hold them. My dear sunshine, help him feel the feelings and tend the dying dreams and the ones of life. Hmm. Thank you for listening to that reflection on checking in with the Trovan trial here and there. And yeah, I also have been checking in, well, ever since I stopped um, smoking cannabis, I have been getting more into shows again, 
because I'm like, oh, story, that's when I can dive into. And so most recently, well, first I, I, I got into Bridgerton um, and just totally loved it and pretty much binged it. It was awesome. I was just like, oh, yes, beautiful characters. I loved how they re, you know, brought in, reestablished, you know, um, the just a reimagined the 1800s in the current state of like having diverse characters like that was awesome I love that about Bridgerton um because I watched Bridgerton I was like okay I've, I've never really been into you know watching stories about 1800s you know British upper class basically but because I watched Bridgerton I was like okay um what story do I get to dive into next. And so recently I've been diving into Downton Abbey, which I'm sure many of you know or have heard of, which is uh, a story also about, uh, you know, an upper class um, household and, and also the servants that, that, you know, take care of the house and, and, um, and that one, you know, that one is obviously like pretty much a hundred percent white cast, which I think is part of the reason why I've shied away from those kinds of um, stories in the past. And at the same time, now I'm really just I can't turn off like you know my inquisitive and um, analytical mind. So I'm kind of just watching it from a sen- from a sense of like understanding where all of these pieces of white cultural psyche have 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 came from right so it's like oh i'm just watching these different pieces of like jealousy and judgment like that is such a white cultural norm that we have been handed down through centuries is this feeling of like, I'm better than you, you're better than me, like these people are better, these people are less than that energy of like these servants are, you know, like it's just it's just interesting to really just like really dive into trying to understand the psyche of where white supremacy comes from, right? Because it's like colonization. I mean, where's the birth of colonization? The birth of colonization is pretty much Europe, pretty much, you know, Britain. Britain is the epicenter. And it's so interesting how, you know, the world has been so enthralled by these stories of the British, the British people, you know, essentially like taking you know taking the resources from the rest of the world and concentrating it in their spheres and that's what it feels like that's what Downton Abbey feels like to me and then just just the like the the sense that that doesn't make you happy it doesn't make you more happy that's for sure it just it almost just amplifies the the sickness, you know? Um, And so I'm just like really just contemplative around that story right now because that's what I'm watching right now. And 
in a way of just breathing in all of the characters' humanities and breathing out like, okay, acceptance of where where this where this collective consciousness has come from you know so for the for instance there's a moment where one of the characters edith is talking to her grandmother and she like just gets she like got stood up at the altar or something and so her grandmother is like okay what are you gonna pour yourself into like you got to do something and she was like oh i think i'm i think i think i'm gonna take up gardening and her grandmother, you know, this is like, you know, set in the 1920s. And so her grandmother is, you know, uh, in the ways of the 18, late 1800s. And her grandmother was like, oh, no, of course not. You can't do gardening. And I'm just like, wow. Okay. Interesting. You know, like the fact that gardening, like being with the earth was considered like a thing that the upper class was not allowed to do. Like, I don't under, it's just like, it's just baffling. You know what I mean? Like in far, as far as like, oh, okay. Okay. So that's where that comes from. Interesting, you know? And then, and then thinking about like how the kitchen staff, the people that are literally making the sustenance and the farmers, the the people that are literally growing the sustenance that all he, all of these humans are like consuming and of the earth, like that's that's considered the the quote unquote like lowest on the totem pole. And I'm like, you know, it's like such a Capricorn, you know, it's totally the hierarchy, Capricorn energy of like these people on top, you know, such a linear, um, linear up and down way of like categorizing people and jobs. And I'm so grateful to now be in the age of Aquarius where we're now not in a age of hierarchy, like linear hierarchy and like, but we're now in an age of air of these looping spiraling individual, you know, knowings and musings and (laughs) like, yeah, the farmers are pretty much the most important people. Like I think the high, if the hierarchy was to go at all, the, uh, it should be the other way. Like the, the, the cooks and the, and the farmers should be on top of the, of the, of the, you know, hope of the hierarchy, even though I'm grateful that the age of Aquarius is so much less about hierarchy and more about interweaving and circular and spiraling communities that we are spiraling in and out of constantly through the internet, through the ethers, through, you know, being in our local environments. And so I just, I just wanted to, to add that reflection of like, start watching some of these shows from from a like cultural lens of like what is this thing white what is this whiteness thing what is this hierarchy thing what is this supremacy thing you know what i mean and like just really start to like unpack it for yourself that's what i've been doing for for many years and you know will continue to do for many more and probably for the rest of my life but really just like understand whiteness and white people and the 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 
you know, there's another nuanced part of the story where, uh, and you know, the Sybil who is a, you know, an English upper class woman, she falls in love with the Irish chauffeur and how like that is, that was like the upheaval of the, of the, of the episode of like, oh my gosh, can she marry the Irishman? It's like, wow. Okay. It's so interesting. So even the, even the quarrels between the white people, you know, not the white people, like the, the hierarchical whitenessness, you know, like, <laughs> um, it's like, how, I think we have to continue to really understand where that comes from in order to dismantle and create um, a new way and create the ancient way where diversity and, you know, each plant in the in the forest is considered a vital part of the ecosystem. And we name the tree a tree and we name, you know, the 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 flower a flower and we name this, you know, food plant a food plant. And we need name different parts of the ecosystem differently because they give different things and they come from different lineages. And I think that that's what's really important to always, you know, step into as far as the way that we look at making sure that we're not stepping into the the sentiment of all lives matter, right? It's like, that's not the sentiment we need. We don't need a blanket like we're all the same. We're not. We don't all come from the same, you know, um, past experiences and harms of the hierarchy that has existed for hundreds of years and we are literally at the beginning it's just like i have i I have a picture of myself as a baby on my altar right now because it feels like i'm baby again it feels like this is a beginning of a new of new era because it is (laughs) and you know you know permission to to forgive yourself to experiment to get it wrong to try again and to just deeply have compassion for yourself and others and and know that you know we are we are the ancestors you know we are the descendants we get to heal in this present moment because we have a body and we have a voice and even if it is imperfect that's that's not only okay that's good <laughs> right you know progress so i just appreciate you listening and it's so hard to i think of all these people who have influenced me and i i say their say you know some of their um ideas as i'm talking so i'm just going to say some of the names um to to honor some where some of the uh, concepts have come from: um, Charlotte Nguyen, Virginia Rosenberg, Stephanie Briggs, mm, Justin Michael Williams, and then you know, Zai Gray. And uh, countless others, June Caseworth, 
yeah, just a handful of names of, of my colleagues and friends that inspire me and yeah, I just, my prayer and my hope for you and for me is to continue to be gentle and forgiving of yourself so that you can continue to figure out what your slice of accountability is, figure out what your slice of, you know, continued work is, you know, maybe in this moment it's resting. Maybe in this moment it's <sighs> crying. <laughs> you know, it's taken me years to be gentle on myself. I've historically been very, very hard on myself. <laughs> and and that's really only manifested in more outward judgment towards people. And so that's what I've been really working on recently is how to judge myself less so that I judge other people less and I accept other people more and so that we can together transform these systems as opposed to, you know, lock ourselves in the energetic knots that we're trying to, <laughs> trying to dis, you know, to, to loosen. So, you know, it's complex, it's nuanced. Um, I love you. Sending you lots of courage to step up in the ways that you know you're supposed to. Using voice, you know, it can be scary, but it can be really powerful to either unearth the, the things that you have to work on more and to to put forth healing energy in the world. So yeah. Hmm. Thank you so much for listening. And I just want to mention that I have applications open for my spiritual life coaching practice. So I will send you, I will link it in the link, the application in the show notes. If you feel called to work with me deeper and have a space being held recently, I, I, my, my children's, um, teacher, you know, they've been doing a lot of work on how to talk to children about, about all of these issues, racism, all of the intersecting isms. And she sent me something about brave space versus safe space. And so that is what I offer you is a container the spiritual life and coaching container is a space of a brave space not necessarily a safe space because sometimes it doesn't feel safe to 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 connect to the deep wounds it feels hurt you know you feel sometimes you feel like the deep ouch um but if we can create brave space and space where we can be courageous together to co-create what we really deserve and to really connect to that. That is that is what I um, offer you and would love to kind of connect to and to you and to see how I can support you deeper. So take 
take care and sending so much love as you feel all the feels and heal all the all the all the wounds that are coming up to be healed right now some so much love Thank you so much for tuning in to Stories of the In-Between. If you now feel a little more connected to your own inner transformation and our collective liberation, please subscribe. Leave a five-star rating on your favorite platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or anywhere you find your podcast, and or share it with a friend that might find some solace in these words and vibrations. Sending you so much love. Until next time.